Welcome to ADHD is over, a new podcast on a seemingly old label that we're going to be peeling off. Join my wife, Tatiana, and I as we journey with our family, the Wyden family, through the land of confusing information. We're going to visit both sides and let you decide because the power is with you. Welcome to ADHD is over. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. If you're coming back, thank you for coming back and for supporting this movement, this podcast. And if it's your first time, welcome to ADHD's Over. Glad you're here. This is a podcast for humans that are committed to digging deeper than to just buy the mainstream messages around this so-called disorder that we have abbreviated into four letters, ADHD. Today's episode, certainly a, a controversial title, why science isn't as real as they say. We're going to get into who are they. We're going to get into what real means. And we're going to get into some examples of uh, scientific claims from the past that were sold to the public as this is it, this is real, the results are in, science says this is true, therefore you need to buy it. And these are very simple examples that you've all heard before. And uh, I'm going to start out with an article that recently I saw, and this is uh, on a Gaia TV show episode. Gaia is a sort of conscious spiritual network, um, online network with movies and shows and, you know, documentaries and interviews and so forth. And I think it's beautiful that something like Gaia exists. And I'm using this, it was actually a newsletter that I got from Gaia. I'm using it as an example. It has nothing really to do with Gaia and the network itself. But I'm using it as an example of, you know, showing how science or how us humans and science work, the mechanism at work here. So it was a newsletter about a show called Open Minds with Regina Meredith. And she interviews people. And the guest was Dr. Tara Swart Bieber, like Justin Bieber, same spelling. And it's entitled The Neuroscience of Conscious Practices. And the headline of the newsletter is more what um, triggered this idea for a quick episode. The headline says neuroscience, again, we're talking about science, neuro being the brain, neuroscience proves efficacy of spiritual practices. Now, that is really nice. Right, That is a nice message for Gaia to send out. And, and trust me, I've been in meetings like that. I come from advertising and commercial production and having worked with some of the top brands in the world, including Procter & Gamble, Kimberly Clark, Chrysler. I've been in rooms with executives. I've brainstormed with, with their creatives. And I've seen the mechanics, right? The mechanism behind the scene. And one of the reasons I believe, I could be wrong, but I'm going to go out on a limb here, 
The reason why they're sending this out and the reason why they're using the headline neuroscience proofs of efficacy of spiritual practices is really to talk to the doubters who needed some kind of scientific validation that spiritual practices actually work. Like, show me some proof, right? Nothing wrong with that. I get it. There's a lot of doubters out there who are still searching and still hoping to get proof that spiritual practices work. Now, why am I using this as an example? I'm using it as an example because, first of all, the the subline, if you will, continues to say, are your conscious spiritual practices actually rewiring and optimizing your brain potential and health? And the longer the story is that, yes, this MIT professor says in the name of science that, yes, it works. You can rewire your brain. Now, there's a little side note here, which is, oh, really? We can rewire our brain? But wait, in the case of ADHD, we're told that this is for life and your brain is just, not, you can't rewire it. You can't, you know, heal it. It's just broken. And so, and if you don't medicate a child from an early age on, you know, when their brain is forming later, it's too late. Well, that's all bullshit, first of all. But that's a side note because science itself, scientists have actually proven that we can rewire our brain into old age. So again, it's a hypocrisy that science and medicine sort of overlap. And yet one says, yeah, we can rewire the brain. And the other one says, no, actually, unless you take medication to rewire your brain, you can't. But let me go back to what this episode is really about, which is again, to say that in this case, the Gaia newsletter needed science to prove that the efficacy of spiritual practices, right? It's real. Roman, why are you talking about this? Okay, I'll get to the point here. There have been spiritual practices that have been acknowledged by, uh, you know, let's call them experts or shamans, uh, um, healers, uh, religious leaders for 4,000 years. Long time ago, have people said spiritual practices work? It's taken us this long to have somebody who goes to MIT telling us, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we now have proof that it works. Well, guess what? All the people, 4,000, 3,000, 2,000, whatever, years ago, who've kept telling people, have a spiritual practice. It works. Spiritual practices work. We are divine spirits. We're not just human beings. There's more to life than just life and death, and that's it, right? All these things are finally getting some kind of backing by science to say it works. My point is, what other beliefs or belief systems have we ignored waiting for some, you know, guys in a white lab coat or scientists or somebody who spent, you know, half a million dollars to go to a fancy school to then be a professor to tell us, oh, oh, actually it works. What other truths 
have we been ignoring and saying to ourselves until somebody outside of me actually proves that it's real, it ain't real. And so let me give you a few other examples that are slightly of the different variety, but we all remember that doctors used to sell cigarettes on television. And now think about it. I don't know the exact date when we did this. 50s, I think. 40s, 50s. Think about that only 60, 70 years ago. The people that we trusted, the authorities we hailed as the doctors, the ones that know, told us that it's safe to smoke cigarettes. And 60, whatever, 70 years later, we all know that that was BS. Now, if you look in the case of DEED, right, the, the pesticide spray that they used to drive trucks through neighborhoods and spray in the neighborhood, people would have to go inside and close their doors and windows at the end. At the beginning, they just stayed outside. They thought it, it wasn't really going to harm anyone. And they kept spraying these poisonous pesticides in the street. And scientists said it was safe. The companies said it was safe. Well, we all know nowadays that that was a load of BS. There's a few other examples that are slightly different, but I'm making the same point here. Until 1973, being gay was a disorder in the DSM, the Diagnostical Statistical Manual, that also calls ADHD a disorder. Or I should say that says children with XYZ symptoms have this disorder called ADHD. That's a more proper way to put it. But until 1973, if you were gay, you were disordered, broken, something wrong with you. Outcast in a way, right? Another one that I recently came across, which blew my mind. The word hysteria. Right? We've all heard it. Women used to get diagnosed with hysteria. And hysteria comes from the Greek word hystera, which means uterus. It used to be called the wandering uterus symptom. They thought that these women just that they were just nuts. They were just psychologically just unstable and that needed to be labeled as a disorder and they had hysteria. And they had to go to a psychiatrist. They were admitted, and medicated, and many crazy treatments were performed. And I'm borrowing this from the history of Freud, Sigmund Freud, uh, the well-known psychotherapist, I believe, psychiatrist, um, who back then pointed out that actually the reason why women many, 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 many women were going quote-unquote hysterical is because of some underlying sexual abuse or abuse in general. And he later was forced to retract that statement and cover it up with many other Freudian theories that we now still believe or buy as truth. 
And that's a different story. And I'm going to have a guest on here soon talking about this. And I'm really excited about it. This is Alyssa, Alisa from Healing Honestly. And we're going to do an episode together here very soon and talk about that. So stay tuned for that. But this disorder called hysteria for women was also in the DSM until 1980 as a valid disorder that the wandering uterus in women was causing them to go hysterical. Now you can look this up, you can Google this and see what they actually mean by wandering uterus, but it's so ridiculous that I only barely looked it up and said, look, this is, this is ridiculous and I'm going to just mention it, but that it had been in the DSM until only 43 years ago. I'm 53, I was 10 when there were still women getting diagnosed with that and never questioned. Nobody ever asked them about their, their, their past history, their traumas, their abuse in their lives their family lives and so forth. And that's what I mean. That's why I wanted to do an episode about why science isn't as real as they say. And by science, I'm including here psychiatry, psychology, medicine, because ultimately we're looking at somebody with a white lab coat. And I know that's kind of outdated. Doctors don't necessarily wear white coats anymore. And not every scientist wears a white lab coat. But I'm just using it as a, right, as a symbol that we're looking to these experts with clipboards and white lab coats and MIT degrees, for example, and we want them to tell us what is the truth, what is so, what is real, and real as an absolute right now in this moment, absolutely how it is, and it'll never change. We found the truth, which by the way is completely contradictory to what science stands for. The results will never be in. We got to keep questioning things. Well, we should be, And we got to admit when we make mistakes, by the way, one of the qualities science is not very good at. I used to get super triggered here in my small town where I live. People have yard signs during COVID and it said science is real. And it baffled me because it's not that I don't believe that science has valid uh, validity, right? Has found valid results and has found causes and has found solutions, of course. But to just say as a blanket statement, science is real, is so completely ignorant to A, what it actually is, and also to the history of science. And don't get me started with religion. In parallel, it's similar to highly religious people that are so in it with blind faith that do not even question the abuse that the church has committed over the last hundreds and hundreds of years. Do not even question it shrug it off or like, like dandruff on your shoulder, like, nah, nah, no big deal. And look, I'm not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's a lot of great things that come from religion, a lot of great things that come from science, but both have something in common. And that is to not admit, to avoid admitting mistakes, to avoid admitting that there still is growth to be done, that they're not done that they got to keep searching and got to keep improving. Improving for the good of all. And both of them have done lots of harm to all. Both of them. Lots of harm. And when I say science, again, I include pharmaceuticals, medicine, uh, all the, these authoritarian uh, um, you know, groups of, of 
interest groups, if you will, that are telling us what's real. So in the statement why science isn't as real as they say, let's look at what is real. When somebody has a yard sign, and look, I know most people mean well, what they meant to say during COVID is like, well, science is showing that, you know, there's this virus and they're trying to find some kind of, you know, truth that they can trust these people, that they should trust the vaccine and trust the masks. And, you know, I get it. I get it. But science is real is a very strong statement and it doesn't leave any room for anyone to admit a mistake and to admit that the results are never fully in. Life is always changing and moving forward. So we can't just say, oh, the results are in. Here is what it is, which is why I always say I don't have the answer to what causes ADHD. We'll never agree on the one cause that has humans behave a certain way that we label as ADHD. I do believe we all just behave how we behave and that we all need to have structures and people who help us, you know, create a life inside this world that's that that works with our type of wiring, that works with our type of behavior, right? But the results are never in. I will I will be speculating or questioning or researching until I die and never say, "Ha, I found it." But science acts that way. Religion acts that way. Psychiatry acts that way. Pharmaceutical companies act that way. Like, this is it. This is real. This is it. We found it. We got it. Here's what you need to do. This is it. And in the case of ADHD, it's parents that are being told, this is it. Here's your, your son or your daughter. Here's the diagnosis. Look at that paper. That's your son for life. Unless... You do X, Y, Z, and usually, I'm not saying always, usually medication somewhere in there in first place or second place. Rarely is it in last place. With more conscious psychologists and psychiatrists, it is, but that's the minority. So what I'm saying here for parents is just be cautious when anyone, any authority, any scientists, any doctor or psychiatrist says, this is it. This is real. I know because I'm a scientist. I know because I'm a psychiatrist. I know because I'm a doctor. Look at them and just hear it from a different perspective. Hear it as if they were saying, what I've learned on my path is up to today, this. And then you get to look at that. You get to research it. You get to sit with it. Versus hearing it like, I'm the expert, the science is real and it's in, and this is absolutely how it is forever. Here it is. Those are two different perspectives. Very obviously two different perspectives. And then we get to choose, do we blindly buy their so-called truth? Because look, thousands of people did when they, when they, smoked and said, oh, doctors recommend smoking. They don't say it's har it's harmful, so I'm going to keep going. Thousands died. People that were staying in the streets when the deed was sprayed, you know, from the truck going through the streets. People got cancer, lung disease, all sorts of diseases. Because the people they trusted, the they, right, the authorities told them, it's okay, it's okay. Again, these are interest groups. Don't tell me 
that scientists didn't study the effects of smoking or the effects of deed on the human body and didn't at least discover some harmfulness to them, such that they could have said, well, we don't quite know yet how it affects human beings, which, by the way, reminds me of the COVID vaccine, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I am a questioner of things that are quickly sold to me as the truth and absolute, you know, they could have easily said with deed, let's wait 20 years. Let's do some more research studies. Let's just be safe and tell people stay inside, close the doors and windows. And maybe, you know, after we're done, just give it another four hours before you come back out to play. Right. They could have taken some precaution because don't tell me back then science wasn't was already, they were heavily funded and there was lots of research going on. Scientists were already, you know, working hard and like being proud of their work and doing studies and same with smoking. So again, the point here is don't just buy something that they, the authorities in a field tell you is the absolute truth and is real because what is real anyway? And I don't want to get into the details of reality because it can get very abstract uh, in a spiritual way. But what's real for one person is not for another. And I said this in my last episode, that people have disappeared cancer in the face against all odds, in the face of what's real and what's possible. People have done it. I know some people personally who have disappeared disorders and diseases. Disappeared it against all odds in the face of what they called the truth. This is real and this is what's going to happen to you. And how come we don't do this around ADHD? How come we don't say, huh, I get what you're saying and yet I'm going to do everything in my power as, for example, the parent. I'm going to take on full responsibility for everything that's going on in my life and my family. I'm going to take that power and I'm going to make those behaviors that seem to clash, you know, cause friction between my child and the environment. I'm going to make that disappear over time. It's going to take some work. I'm going to do it. We don't do that because we're not told that's an option because we're told you're delusional and you're ignorant because your child has a disorder that science and psychiatry says is real and you can't disappear it. Who are you, you parent? I'm the expert. No, we are the experts of our families. I am the expert of me. I am the expert of my child. No psychiatrist knows my child better than I do. That's just BS. That's that blind faith that we've come to accept that we should have in authority. And again, I'm not throwing the baby out with, with the bathwater. There's some fantastic psychiatrists and scientists and teachers and fantastic schools and fantastic uh, politicians that I personally know. Let's not get into politics. That's a tough one to get into with lots of integrity. But I know people who are working hard to change it. So I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I just want to give you, the parents, some power that you can stand in the face of these so-called truths and actually trust your intuition to question things and to be fully responsible, not to be blamed, it's not your fault, but to be responsible, to act powerfully with a response that will be able to dissolve 
your children's so-called disorders. That's all we're saying. And I know that's a lot. And I know a lot of people think this is quackery. But I've seen it happen, not just in our own family, with other people. And I'm about to um, put an episode together to put out a reward of uh, $10,000 for anyone that can, with validity, show me at least... 50 valid real-life case studies that show that unmedicated kids, you know, that supposedly had ADHD, ended up failures in life. Because I can point experts to studies that show that medicated kids in the thousands have ended up self-medicating, getting into drugs, getting into jail, and so forth. And all I'm asking for is 50 valid real-life case studies that show that unmedicated kids with ADHD actually failed in life. But that's a different episode. Now, parents, also just wanted to throw it out there. On August 19th, that is a Saturday, August 19th, 2023, we're holding our first ever ADHD is over Zoom session at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 12 p.m. Eastern, And for our Australian and New Zealand and other time zone friends, we're soon going to create a second one based on popular demand. We had sent out an email newsletter that was very well received. Uh, I think we already have 25 people registered for this session. We'll have as many as we can and we'll have to decide, you know, after this session if it was too many or what our, you know, ideal format is. It's going to be about a two-hour Zoom session And we're going to use our ADHD diagnosis survival guide as a sort of a basis uh, to talk about. And then we're also going to hear from some of the parents. We can't, we don't have time to hear from all of them, but to see, you know, how they've come about, you know, to to hear about our, our podcast and the movement and how they feel, how they're doing in their lives, what they're taking on, what works, what doesn't, and so forth. So if you're interested, go to our website, ADHDisover.com and simply sign up um, for updates. And that gives us your info that we're going to put into the next uh, newsletter, the reminder that we're going to send out probably in a few weeks. Uh, And there you can, for free, you can sign up um, for the Zoom session. And we hope to see you there. So that's August 19, Saturday, 9 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern first ever ADHD is over Zoom session. I look forward to seeing you, hearing you there. That's it for today. Stay strong, stay responsible, and remember our favorite sort of three tenets. Um, the book that we're working on is one, your child is not the problem. Two, this is for the parents, heal your own shit. And three, honor your child. And we believe that those three steps, they sound simple, but it's a lot of work. But those three steps can dissolve a disorder like ADHD. Thanks for listening. Have an amazing day. And until next time.